0: Before we begin we just wanted to say briefly that in the interest of fact checking a couple of the facts presented during this uh, podcast were deemed inaccurate and have been edited. We hope that the edits will be as seamless as possible and hopefully you won't notice. Enjoy. And we're back. I hope you enjoyed that uh, extended break between podcasts, but we're here from the Gobeski Walls Report with a second of our epic podcasts (laughs) in epicness.
1: (laughs) That's a good way. That's a good euphemism for long.
0: (laughs) Hey, it worked for Ben-Hur. True. So let's uh, go around and introduce ourselves. My is Adam Gobeski.
1: I am Charlie Wallace.
0: I'm Doug Gobeski. And I am
2: Brianne Gobeski.
1: So, did you
0: guys go and see any movies today? No. Or did you just go and watch previews?
1: i was so angry with the previews i stormed out
0: i had to use the restroom and by the time i got back the movie was over <laughs>
1: <laughs> wait wait you didn't tell this uh, us about this and the uh the bowel movement update that we had in the last episode <laughs>
0: well i only just made it up now
1: oh okay fair enough you spent two hours and one minute in the can and we didn't hear about it
0: two hours and two
1: minutes oh all right i'm glad you know how long the movie was. Well, I always look that up now because I have my I have my problems with long movies.
0: Your problems with long movies?
1: anything over like two hours and fifteen minutes, I think is too long for basically any movie.
0: And yet you gave The Hobbit three a thumb sideways or up or something.
1: one well, could be shorter? We don't know.
0: Yeah, all right
1: <laughs> Maybe it's an hour and a half.
0: <laughs> <laughs> three hours, three hours, thirty minutes. <laughs> oh no. Movie's over, folks.
1: Oh no.
2: They wasted all their good stuff in the first two, but they had to go for that three to make it the same.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, there is actually a suggestion that the reason it's three movies is for contractual reasons. Like, there's some part of the agreement between, like, New Line and MGM. Because the rights to The Hobbit aren't the same as the rights to The Lord of the Rings. So there's a suggestion
1: that in order to fulfill some sort of contract requirements, they had to make three movies. Well, everybody's making more money, so I guess everyone wins. Except the viewer. Yep.
2: Say, we're spending money,
0: so...
1: So what movie did you guys go see?
0: I went and saw a movie that came out yesterday. It's called uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Wow, what a dink! Oh, That's what we me. saw. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Don't tell me Charlie also saw it.
1: Well, I saw a movie today, and I didn't see what the title is, but they did say that at some point during the movie. They said How Guardians of you the Galaxy. How could not see the title? <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to see. I was like, it showed up in huge letters. I went to the theater. I said, just give me a ticket for whatever show isn't sold out for anything. And I went and watched the previews, closed my eyes for a couple of minutes, and watched uh, 99% of this movie, which turns out is Guardians of the Galaxy. Thank you, Doug.
0: If you went in and uh, asked them for a ticket to whatever movie wasn't sold out, how did you not get a ticket to Lucy? (laughs) Oh, that's true.
1: (laughs) I haven't seen
0: that movie, but I did see the trailer, and I was like, this looks dumb. (laughs) And it turns out the verdict
1: was dumb. It did better than Hercules last weekend, which opened on the same same time. Seriously? It did.
0: That disappoints me.
1: Uh, Hercules looked like it was at least going to be pretty cool.
2: I can't see Hercules after the advertisement at Red Robin.
0: (laughs) So Red Robin was running, like, a special, like, if you bring in your Hercules stub, you can get, like, a free burger or whatever. <laughs> if you want to look like The Rock. <laughs> well. What, whatever. But so yeah. they had a big picture of Hercules, but, like, from the, back. from the back. So his back and then his bare arm. And so I'm probably sitting 20 yards away, like, across the restaurant. I just look, and I'm just looking at that. I'm like, why is there a giant penis on this <laughs> on this movie poster what and Brienne stares at me. she's like no that's his arm and I'm like that's his arm but that top muscle looks like the head of a penis it really
2: does and now that's all I can see has ruined it
0: <laughs> But I just couldn't figure out why there was a giant I in can't... Red i see
1: now when I look at the rock <laughs> his waving his arms around <laughs>
0: yeah so so where where his arm meets his shoulder to me that looked like the the head of a a giant wing
1: (laughs) but that's not the movie we saw this weekend
0: (laughs) (laughs) no we only saw guardians of the galaxy all of us individually with the intent of seeing it on the same day so that we could have this podcast for you listener
1: oh and of course in order for us to talk about this in depth at all there are going to be spoilers so watch the movie first then listen to this podcast, or don't care. If you don't care, that's fine, too.
0: Here, let's give the quick version for people.
1: The non-spoiler version?
0: Yeah, let's do the non-spoiler version first. Did you enjoy the movie? Would you recommend it? Yes. Doug? Definitely. Definitely go see it, even if you're not familiar with the source material.
2: As someone who is not familiar with the source material, I absolutely loved it, so yes, go see it.
0: And that's also a, uh, a buy from me. And then make sure you stay to the very end of the credits. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, it's a Marvel okay. movie. So Yep. <laughs> so with that said, those people who haven't seen it and want to stay spoiler free, hit stop now. Uh, I should probably also point out for those who are still here that uh, we're probably going to be giving away a lot of spoilers for the comic books as well. So if you're interested in reading those at some point and don't want things spoiled, you should probably stop as well. <laughs> hit stop.
1: Now It would be great if somebody came in, had to hit stop to watch the movie, and then came back and then had to stop again. (laughs) I got 20
0: more seconds in. (laughs) All right, so everyone else has read and seen this stuff or doesn't care. Yes. Yep. All right. Hey, PJ. Mm -hmm. Do you think PJ still listens to this?
1: I can only hope.
0: So, yeah, PJ and everyone else, welcome to the Gobeski Wallace Report in depth analysis of Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) Special ghost.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Weren't they all ghosts in this movie? Was I I not paying attention closely enough? (laughs) I think you might have missed a scene. (laughs) Wait, humans aren't green. She must be a ghost. (laughs) <laughs> Not pink either. They must be ghosts.
0: <laughs> so when they first announced this movie, I believe I called Doug up and said something to the effect of, "What? They're making a movie for us? I don't understand." <laughs> I still remember sitting in my car in the Target parking lot, just being completely incredulous. Like, wh- what? There's no way. There's no way they could possibly make that appeal to a mass audience. It's just such a niche thing. Even comic book fans are are. To a great extent, not familiar at that time. Right. And yet they did. And not only did they, I think, make a movie for us, well, for me at least, they made one that was for everyone somehow. Last I heard, it was having a huge opening weekend.
1: Yeah, it's, it's predicted to be very large.
0: I think it was on track to break some records. Mm-hmm. So All I know
2: is there were so many children in the theater that we went to go see it in that it's been, it was more packed than any other theater we've ever gone to on opening weekend.
0: Yeah. Well, but we usually go at 11 o'clock and there's not usually anyone there. It turned out all the basically all those kids were in one group because I watched the mom go to like one groom like all right how many slushies one two three four five six seven eight okay and then she walked to the other side of the theater and up the stairs and said to the other like 10 kids okay i've got eight slushies over there how many do you want so either that was one big group or she was the nicest person in the world
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah there were enough kids i mean just we were discussing earlier about all the people laughing during the trailers for kids and there were enough that i was paying attention
0: well we were discussing but not in this podcast oh
1: sure sure but in a previous podcast but i was paying attention to all the swear words and inappropriate things during the movie that may not be appropriate <laughs> for kids that parents i guess don't seem to care about so much or know about before they take their children
0: whatever i i watched a mom take her three to four year old son into watchmen so
1: Ugh.
0: i'm not sure i was old enough to watch Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> swinging billy crut up dong <laughs> is right, that the that title of this Crum, episode right? now <laughs> that can be this that can be the subtitle on the itunes
1: okay we will do
0: i by the way i only just recently discovered that all the itunes links have subtitles that don't show up on the main web page some oh, of which yes. are very
1: entertaining oh I can put the subtitles on. I mean, it just takes a little while to go through and put them in. Yeah. Wait, what?
0: Yeah. So I only found this out because I went into the code and the code has it for the iTunes link that like, I don't remember any of the subtitles, but there's just stuff like episode 11, Boxing Day, in which Charlie and Adam battle for supremacy for
1: Jason's soul or, you know, weird <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so you put in these weird little jokes that I wasn't even aware of, huh?
1: Yes. Yeah. There's that's a tag. Awesome. There's a tag for RSS that's iTunes subtitles. Or something like that. So I think that's the only place it shows up.
0: It was basically this wonderful
1: little Easter egg that I found <laughs> I'm very happy. But uh, oh yeah. Anyway, so there children,
0: was young children. At the there baby.
1: was middle finger. There was.
0: <laughs> Which I, I thought was interesting that in the trailer they blur the middle finger with like a little joke. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember the trailer, but it yep. says something like obscene gesture imminent. That no. doesn't no. happen in the movie. <laughs> I was I was actually slightly sad because I thought that was kind of cute in the trailer.
1: <laughs> I think they call everybody a holes. I think that that yes. happens a couple times. And the word dicks. I think that was about it. A lot of people getting killed, obviously.
0: I heard say prick whore. a couple times.
1: Oh they do yeah. say whore, yeah. Yeah. Uh there was there's a few sh I think.
0: Yep. Is there one F word? Um, no. no. Almost does. But oh, that's right. He goes. He what stops. the? And then stops. Yeah. So it's a cleaner movie than. Uh, than required for the rating. Than, than X Men: Days of Future Past, for instance, <laughs> or X Men: First Class,
1: or The Wolverine. Hmm. So I. <laughs> I mean i'm not familiar with the this, this source material at all i didn't really know what to expect especially at the beginning i mean is that reasonable to the i guess i wouldn't necessarily um, call it i guess i call it origin story
0: so do you want me do you want me to give the uh comic book origin story for star lord now
1: or sure that is your cue
0: Okay, so one of the fun things about Star-Lord is that he was originally created in the 70s by Steve Englehart, maybe? That sounds about right. Well, like, he shows up in an issue of Marvel Preview, which is a magazine, not an actual comic book. And Steve Englehart was, at the time, really knowledgeable and into astrology, so and I know all of this because I read one of the Marvel reprints, uh Star Lord the Hollow Crown, recently, where they discuss all this stuff. Check but... your back issues, fun fact plans. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. <laughs> uh... I'm glad you knew what I was doing. Okay, so basically he's a huge jerk and he gets some sort of like cosmic awareness. You know, it's very much very 70s astrology very 70s very astrology based it's actually really cool in that regard but that's where it started then when i think chris claremont took over Like, you know, it's like, okay, we're going to use this character and write some more stuff with him. They gave him a new origin story. And I believe Chris Claremont said something like, Englehart made a really cool character, but there is no possible way that I can do the research into astrology necessary to do the character justice as he is. So we're going to change the origin story. So the upshot of it is you have some, you know, woman in backwoods America who gets visited by an alien and... Hey, hold on, hold on. Is this the Angleheart version or the Claremont version? Ah, this is the Chris Claremont version, I believe. Okay. I, I can't remember. I don't think that the Englehart version has him be half-human, half-alien. Okay, carry on. So, yeah. to make things even more confusing, though, in the last year or two, there's another reboot. Uh, I think it might have been the Guardians of the Galaxy 0.1 issue. Which is where three of Guardians of the Galaxy, I believe. So, to make Back things even... True believers. Make, <laughs> To make things even more confusing, it's essentially the same as the Chris Claremont origin story, but different. They keep some of the main themes, which is the alien dude comes and gets friendly with this Earth woman, and then Peter Quill is born. So like in Starman with Jeff Bridges and Karen Allen. Yeah, but Starman was a terrible, terrible movie. (laughs) (laughs) Details. <laughs> but it could so, be the prequel to Guardians of the Galaxy. We don't know. No. Uh
1: <laughs>
0: we do know because if you read the comics, upshot of it is the alien dude is the king of the Spartax Empire, which you know thus makes Star Lord a prince. That stuff gets alluded to in the movie. Depending on what version so, you're watching. So like Lone Star from Spaceballs. Am I helping? <laughs> Not really. It doesn't it also it also doesn't help that whenever I have to describe things I end up being really long and rambly. Charlie's question was basically how does the movie compare to the comic books?
1: Yeah, the origin story.
0: For the non Engelhart origin story, I'd say it was barely accurate. Does he go into space as a kid in the comic book? Or is he like a teenager or adult? It's hard to remember because I've read like three different versions of the origin. With the the, the original Engelhart version, he's an actual NASA astronaut. Oh. So he's an adult when he goes into space. But I want to say that he's a kid when he goes into space in the more modern origin stories. Okay.
1: So that's Star-Lord. Yep. And then does, in the comics, does the music play any part? Does he really carry on like a mixtape, or is that something that was designed specifically for the movie?
0: Uh, specifically
1: for the movie. Okay, that's kind of what I figured, but...
0: Yeah, I don't remember that in any of the stuff I read, so...
1: And I was wondering, okay, when was the comic made? Like, what kind of music? Would he actually be listening to, like, 70s music, or...? So, the comic
0: that this is primarily based on is actually from the mid to late 2000s.
1: Yep. Oh, really? Okay.
0: So, there's an original Guardians of the Galaxy in the... So, I think there's a 70s version, but then and then they come up again in the 90s, but that's supposed to be, like, way in the future. Yeah, like, 1,000 years in the future. Got it. And so, the character of Yondu, who is is the uh, Star-Lord's boss in the Ravagers. He's actually from that 70s, 90s, far future version of Guardians of the Galaxy. They just brought that character into this universe for whatever reason. Okay. And then they, in the mid-2000s, they revived the name, and I think they made like some sort of superficial tie to the future version in the comic, but basically they revived the name for like a present-day Marvel cosmic book along the lines of like uh, Silver Surfer, and they'd done some stuff with the other cosmic characters, such as Nova, who the Nova Corps shows up in the movie. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I want to say that they rebooted Star-Lord as a limited series, part of that whole tie-in with Nova and Ronin and Silver Surfer, yeah, before of, they rebooted Guardians. Yeah, basically in the mid-2000s, they rebooted all the cosmic stuff with this big event called Annihilation, which spun off into these various... So Nova got his own series, Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy got a related series. There were a couple more limited series in relation to that.
1: So it's, it's fairly recent stuff that this is based off
0: of. Yeah. Okay. If you watch the credits as closely as I did, you'll note that Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, who came up with the 2000s version, do get a credit as saying Guardians of the Galaxy created by them. I see. Yes. And I think they credited Jim Starlin for... Uh yeah. Jim stuck uh he was credited for gamora Drax and Thanos. And then uh Bill Mantlow for yeah, Rocket. Because that's a separate thing, at yep. this initially. So we're we're obviously backloading the comic history in on this. So yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. quite a bit. But in the movie, his mom dies of cancer, presumably, and then he immediately walks outside and gets abducted. Yep. So I as
0: as happens in the Marvel
1: universe. Oh, it does. Okay. I have no idea. Well, no, no. There's
0: there's an actual reason. The reason in the movie why he's abducted is, I believe, more or less the
1: same reason why he's abducted in the comics. Yeah, they just don't even allude to it till the end of the movie. Yeah, they want to eat him.
2: No, his father sent out. Like they collected him. For it's dad or something, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, they say that okay. at the very end I just want to give
2: my own little plug in. Yeah. Oh, right. Brienne is on this
0: podcast. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't know anything about the comics and she's not <laughs> prompting like Charlie.
1: I guess it could be a sticking point, like if you're really paying attention to the story up until the very end where it doesn't really make sense that they came all the way down to Earth to abduct this kid to eat him because that's the only reason they give. that they were going to eat him and then they didn't. At least they gave a reason <laughs> at some point. <laughs> that's true. They
0: couldn't have been hunting.
1: I guess it's a, it was a gigantic ship that just came out of nowhere and abducted a child in the middle of like a field.
0: Yeah, just one child and then yeah, you off to the next what? planet.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe they ran out of food. They had to make a quick pit stop at the gas Die station food. equivalent. Yeah, the drive through <laughs> So let's let's actually talk movie. Okay.
0: Okay. All right. So, so we've, we sort of got the background for Star-Lord, and I think that's good. But
1: now let's let's
0: move on to the actual movie and how they did as a whole. Obviously, being a fan of the comic book, Never in a million years expecting them to make a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And give it a budget. Right. I was sort of like, I didn't know what to expect. How close were they going to be to the comics? Could they be close to the comics? And I think for me, the actual plot line, at least for this movie, isn't really like the comics. But I think the spirit of it is actually well in keeping with the Abbott and Lanning
1: run. What I really liked about it actually was that there weren't a lot of separate stories going on at the same time or parallel stories. It was really just the one storyline. Like all of the characters met pretty close to the beginning of the movie and they just went different places together. Like I think it was very streamlined and very easy to follow way. It was something that could have been very confusing, you know, introducing seven or eight characters, you know, main characters that you'd never heard of before It was very clear to me, like how what the relationship between everybody was.
0: So, can we talk briefly about how much Lee Pace, the guy who plays Ronan, about how much he looks like Brent Spiner? Oh, really? I didn't notice that. Like, I was staring at Ronan the whole time, trying to figure out who he was, and then I couldn't get it out of my head that he looked like Data. (laughs) (laughs) And even though I knew it wasn't Data because his name didn't show up at the beginning, I was like, man, that just looks like Data. I have no oh. idea why. It might just be similar bone structure or eyes. I've no idea, but I just could not I could not shake that. Nobody else had that just me. I definitely did not have that reaction. All
1: right, guess we're watching for different things. I'll have to watch for that next time. Now I won't be able to get it out of my head. <laughs> so. You've
0: ruined the greatest movie ever for me.
1: <laughs> I
0: ruined Green Lantern for you.
1: Wow, that went down like a lead balloon. <laughs> well, I assumed Doug was going to respond. <laughs> some way or another to that.
0: Oh, I responded. It's just that we're on audio only, so you can't
1: see the disdain.
0: <laughs> I have no idea why I'm the only person on the
1: planet who likes Green Lantern. Uh, I still haven't seen it.
0: Like, not just. Like, I can, I'm willing to bet there's people who are like, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought. Like, genuinely, like, likes Green Lantern. As far as I can tell, I'm the only one. No idea why. I
2: like Green Lantern.
0: I'm actually slightly worried to rewatch it in case it turns out that the house of cards that I've constructed in my head will just collapse. (laughs) It was, Green Lantern was very much a 90s style sci-fi-ish action movie. Maybe that's just what I like. Right in my wheelhouse. You know, in the wake of the Batman stuff, I would say in the X-Men movies, it. It is just not at all in the same league. But we're talking about a different movie. Maybe that's, <laughs> why, maybe that's why I like it, because the Batman movies are so like unrelentingly dark. And Green Lantern was actually pretty hopeful, I think. And it had good message, good acting, I thought, for the most part.
2: See, that's what I kind of felt about Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought there was that nice balance between the extreme superhero movies that we've been getting recently and the funny humor that you got from Green Lantern. And I think it was like, I was afraid it was going to fall flat because of the humor and I thought that actually made it 10 times better in the movie itself
0: yeah there's definitely a sense of fun I thought
2: in this one but did not sacrifice the action adventure and sci-fi that
0: really elevated that movie too yeah that had, had a good point I'd say that gets back to Adam's comment about it did a really good job of capturing the feel of the comics because you do have that kind of irreverent humor in the comics yeah exactly so that's that's why I was pleased. I think they just, they told a really good story. Every point at which I was like, are they going to address this thing that's hanging in the air? They addressed it. I was like, oh, okay, great. Like what? Part of me was like, well, wait, did they, did Rocket really just kill Ronan and that's the joke they're going for? The end? No, no. Okay, they're going to take care of that. Well, wait a minute. Can Star Lord really hold on to the Infinity Stone without disintegrating? Oh, no, no. They've taken care of that. Great. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Is Glenn Close really going to keep that hairstyle through the whole movie? Okay, I guess she is. <laughs> <laughs> you also felt that was ridiculous.
2: Thank you. I just thought it was awesome that Cruella DeVille was the head of Nova
0: Fleet. Okay. Hey, wasn't she the president in. What movie is she the president in? I don't know. Oh, man, it's going to bug me. So, the IMDb, <laughs> will we pause the podcast? <laughs> yeah, basically,
1: talk amongst yourselves.
0: Hmm. Oh, she's the vice president. That's what I'm thinking of in Air Force One. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. So, wait, was the vice president on the plane in Air Force One?
0: No, no, she's on the ground. That's probably why oh, I thought So, she, she
1: was the almost the president.
0: Right. Because <laughs> Harrison Ford's the president. Right. Right. Adam, if I can just take a slight detour. Essentially with you, because you're the only one who's read the comics. (laughs) I'm slightly disappointed uh, with having Glenn Close as Nova Prime instead of having her as Queen Adora. Yeah, I guess I can sort of see. So for everyone at home, uh, <laughs> in the comic books, the Xandarians are ruled by a queen, not a democratically elected leader, as it appeared to be in this. Yeah. And then Nova Prime is actually the name for the computer that basically all the Nova Corps officers have access to that has all the information. Oh. Yep, yeah, the Zandarian world mind. Yeah. So I, I assume in the sequel, the Xandarians will be wiped out, and then Glenn Close will be the voice of... Of that world mine. Mm. That's, that's what I assumed would happen. Maybe. Death, destruction. Just, just to say a few more words on it. In the movie, I understand why they did it, but to a good extent, the Nova Corps was made fairly generic. They're just these guys. Well, they're just these guys in the comics. Yeah, but did, they didn't even have superpowers in the movie.
2: You don't know that. <laughs> they just weren't.
0: That's true, she's, Doug. You don't know true. that. We don't really know that. So they let themselves the get folks. uh get beat up in the prison and they could have used their superpowers to defend themselves, but eh, whatever. Oh, that's they didn't true. have helmets on.
2: Wait, the okay, Nova Corps was true. the people in the prison?
0: Yeah, the Definitely people been, in Nova Corps yeah. were running the prison. Oh, yeah. I didn't know but that. But they yeah. I don't think they were in Nova Corps uniform. Okay. Which I assume is where their power comes from. <laughs> 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 See? he made it work. yeah what were we talking about oh, so before we got
1: sidetracked again? Back to the prison, I was surprised that, oh, the leg joke was kind of funny. <laughs> Although, what <laughs> I, I thought, thought I was, was, was going to happen was that later it would come back, they'd still have the leg and end up having to use it for something. Like, I, I expected that joke to come along, and then it just didn't come up again.
0: Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> Although he did do the joke with the eye, which I thought that was, yeah, that was hilarious.
1: He
0: <laughs> <laughs> was trying to keep a straight face as he says he needs it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I learned ahead of time. That Nathan Fillion, who is Mal from Firefly and Castle from Castle. I knew ahead of time that he had a cameo in the film. And so I spent the entire film waiting for his cameo, like waiting to see it happen. And I never figured out who he was until the credits rolled. And it described him as monstrous convict. Right. So I think he was the guy that group put his fingers in the nose of.
1: He was. And we know this because Carr and I saw him. I remember that he was in it somewhere and I saw his name in the credits, but didn't see what it was next to. So we looked up a video online later where they're describing like where certain cameos had happened and that was one of them although now I'll, I'll bring up that video again later because there's another story about it when we get to that point <laughs> all right but yeah so he's in the prison scene too
0: i like the nowhere stuff i thought they did a nice job with that oh yeah i really really wanted so in the comics, the sheriff, more or less, of Nowhere, is a dog that the Soviet Union sent in the space that developed telepathic powers and stuff. Oh, ha. And his name is Cosmo. And so when they showed the dog in the collector's possession on Nowhere, I was like, oh man, come on, bring it up. And they never quite got to it.
1: It might have I been s- a little bit too off track. That's that, sort of yeah, what that. I,
0: I figured. It was like, they already had to d- establish a green woman, a dude who doesn't no metaphor a talking tree and a raccoon that talks (laughs) i thought maybe a telepathic russian dog might be too far yeah but
2: they did not not address it
0: that's true he is in the movie and there's hope for a sequel that he'll be in it maybe adam sounds like he's a little disappointed by that in my case it was essentially i was just happy to see him i was like oh sweet it's cosmo
1: and i mean the the dog was funny enough in itself just seeing the little cccp space suit on it
0: (laughs) yeah it was a joke that everyone could get as was evidence in the audience where like half the people in our showing went and us was like look it's a dog from the russian program awesome
2: (laughs) and then others that clearly knew what it was and who he was were also shouting out so (laughs) good times were had by all
0: (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> except the kids that had to get kicked out of D-Box.
2: <laughs> that was awesome. What? What's that? I don't know if they know what D-Box is.
0: So basically, there are rumble seats that you can buy, pay extra money to get oh, in the theater good. we go to. They rumble, and they also, like, rock around. So it's supposed to be experience the movie with D-Box. Right. I'll tell
2: you, though, in this and, one, and... it looked like they were going to get seasick. <laughs> <They> <laughs> you know, that almost them. sounds
1: like an insult you throw at somebody. That guy's such ad yeah. D-Box. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the
0: D box was so intense that at one point I could feel it rumbling in my seat. <laughs> How far away were you? Right behind. The, the row behind. Okay. But like the usher, I guess, came, like there were a whole bunch of kids saying and The usher came up and kicked them out because they didn't have D box tickets. And yeah, I guess, weren't. and I guess the people she was ushering did. She was like, "You guys gotta go." Well, no. you have
2: assigned seating. So you can you for the d box for the d box, it's row C or row d, and then you get a numbered
0: seat, so yeah. they
2: check before the movie starts that you're sitting in the right seat,
0: well, because they turn on the d like if you if no one's using that seat, they don't activate this the d box on that seat like some so some of the seats don't rumble if there's no one sitting there mm-hmm.
1: so the oh, it, oh yeah, so ahead. a good
0: time is had by all but kids getting kicked out of d box seats <laughs> the, there were being a total D-boxes. Well, it was it was the
2: whole group of children that were all together. And this happened right as the movie was starting. So I don't know where they found seats because our theater was pretty well packed.
0: They basically squeezed in various places. That's why Ross had to sit next to people instead of a space between.
2: Oh, uh, they were squeezing people. In. Yeah. The ones I stepped on as I was trying to get back to my seat.
1: Probably. Okay. So the other thing is, I wouldn't have recognized Bradley Cooper's voice. I mean, I guess it wasn't that different than his normal voice. But if I didn't already know that's who it was voicing Rocket, I would have been surprised at the end of the movie. Or did everybody else like was it obvious to them? At
0: it the was the not at the beginning at the beginning it tells you Vin Diesel as Groot and right. <laughs> Bradley Cooper as Rocket I don't think I I could
2: have told that was Vin Diesel either.
0: Oh, no way. (laughs) Really? He's got a very recognizable voice.
2: (laughs) I really hope they did motion capture with him in the face of Groot, because there are certain images and facial expressions he made that I really hope Vin Diesel was making. (laughs) Such as when he attacked all of those soldiers all at once, and he turned around with the biggest grin on his face. (laughs) I just want to see Vin Diesel with that sappy grin.
0: Yeah, I know when they cast it, I was slightly concerned at how many like comedy actors I saw ruin it. Like Chris Pratt, John C. Riley, Bradley Cooper. Oh, yeah. Like I was like, oh, are, th- are they just going to send this up? And it's just going to be
1: awful. But no, I think they balanced the humor with the action really well. Right.
2: And each one of them were able to have their humor. That was what was nice.
1: Like I didn't know anything like not knowing anything about the comics either. I didn't know that Drax was actually going to become a member of the team. I thought he was just some tough guy in the prison who was probably going to get either killed or knocked out. Out or something as they escaped.
2: I I love the fact that he didn't understand metaphor. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, and
1: that didn't come in until, like, maybe 15 minutes after he was introduced. So he's just, like, some threatening, like, generic guy. And I was like, oh, wait, okay, we're actually supposed to enjoy this character.
2: Well, when he said, why would I slide my finger across his throat? And I was, I about died laughing.
1: Oh, that's true. (laughs) I thought that was kind of a one-off thing. But I I guess now I do remember that.
2: And then watching the guy in the background, when he's shaking his head, like, when he looks at him, and goes, you know what that means? And the guy's shaking his head, yes. And then he turns his head and he looks at the other guy and goes, no.
1: <laughs> no idea.
2: <laughs> the comedic timing yeah. was brilliant. And then didn't he try to make a metaphor and it totally bombed?
0: Yeah. I actually missed what the metaphor was. So right. did I. People were laughing. People were laughing and I think the sound effects were kind of loud at that point. So okay. I did the between those two things, I didn't, yeah, I didn't quite catch it. It, other than, it was something about I put my, my he, I put my fingernails on your head or something, and I
2: rip away your yeah. He just basically I rip
0: away your life, something like that. Yes,
2: he goes metaphor, and <laughs> <In> Star Lord's <laughs> like yeah, not really.
1: He's yeah. like kind of,
0: <laughs> kind of. It kind
1: of reminded me of another pacing thing, which I really enjoyed about the movie, which was when they were planning their escape from the prison, and he described it, mm-hmm. and then Groot <laughs> forced them to immediately have to implement the plan. <laughs>
2: <laughs> instead of
1: having some sort of like setup or like montage where they do all the things individually and right. not only was it funny but it was a clever way to kind of keep things moving
2: he was so happy
1: yeah <laughs>
0: so proud of himself
1: and oh another thing about the comics can Groot only say i am Groot yes So
0: yeah he only ever says i am Groot but people generally understand okay. what he's Does saying
1: rocket like well R- rocket at least understands
0: okay. what he's rocket saying. at least like
1: in a way that Like this way, like in the way in the movie where it's like he understands literally exactly what he's saying rather than vaguely. Yes. Oh, that's that's cool. Yeah, that's basically a direct lift from the comic.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so it's another one of those things where it's like, you know, this was in the comics. And do we really think they can make that work in the movie? And they totally did. (laughs) What I thought
2: was interesting is they didn't really bring that up, though, until the end. Oh, like, middle. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, it wasn't like at the beginning because he would just grunt and then oh, he would be like, yeah. oh, he knows what he's talking right. about, which is fine because he would allude to it. But then it was when they're all sitting in that circle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Andy. They are ungrateful. I. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they did it because they wanted to ease the viewers into the character rather yeah, than just sure. throw all the weirdness at them at once. Which I think is another good example of the pacing and the sensibilities right. of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it didn't seem
2: weird at all. It just seemed funny but natural.
0: I also enjoyed on a personal level how like half of the songs on the awesome mixtape are the songs that I play to the seniors at Trivia. <laughs> <laughs> like i was like i could basically put this mixtape together right now i've got come and get your love and had to fall in love or whatever the elven bishop song's called fooled around and fell in love i was like awesome also
2: speaking of the music i loved the footloose reference
0: oh yeah that was. Good. <laughs> why would they put sticks up there but yeah no it was a, it was good
2: and then when she turned later on, and she's like, the we're callback. Kevin Bacon.
0: <laughs> I think as callbacks, that one worked better than uh, Ghost Rider P and
2: <laughs> Oh, yeah, you had me remind you about
0: the end credits. Oh, yeah. So if you watch the end credits, like right before the end, uh, the message shows up, no raccoons or tree people were harmed in that. the making yep. of this film. The credits yes, went by really fast,
1: though. It was hard to catch a lot of that.
2: For the size of that movie, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I glazed over for the usual 3D conversion yeah. credits that I
1: did. And I think see. there were over, there were probably over a hundred <laughs> um, animators listed. Oh, easily. Yeah.
0: But then, can we talk about the tag scene at the end? Uh,
1: do we want to get there? I think that should probably be the last thing we talk about. Because <laughs> so I think we have going to talk about it for a long time. But if you'd like. Yeah. Is there anything else we should discuss before cameos? we get there? Cameos. Um, cameos.
2: Were there more cameos than just Stanley and?
0: Yeah, the Stan. I don't know. I felt slightly weird about the Stan Lee <laughs> cameo, just because nothing to do with the because he has nothing to do with the he has to right do exactly. With, and like I, he when he cameos in other stuff, like Hulk and X Men and Avengers and stuff. Like those are things he helped create, but he has no. Well, I had heard I, I had heard that he
1: wasn't Guardians he wasn't Dynamics. going to do it, and then they requested that he do it. Like not contractually or oh, anything. I think they just the like, were like come on, come on. And he's like all right.
2: Well, it wasn't a huge one. It was just a oh, never yeah. creepy old but, yeah. geezer who's...
1: Except for Fantastic
0: Four. What? He's the mailman. He's really oh, yeah. lumpkin.
2: <laughs> That's right. I think he's just been in every Marvel movies thus far that they kind of needed to, wanted to continue it. Not quite. Which one hasn't he been in? Uh,
0: he tends to not be in ones that he doesn't have prior to this point. He tended to not be in ones he didn't have a direct influence in creating a comic of. So I don't think he's in the Punisher in ah. any of the Punisher movies. Uh, obviously, he's not in Howard the Duck. Uh, I don't think he's in the Blade movies. It'd
2: be awkward to see him in those movies, though. (laughs)
0: It'd
2: be really weird to see Stan
0: Lee in The Punisher. I got super close to buying Punisher Warzone at Goodwill. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it it was an ex-rental, and I couldn't bring myself to do it. But
1: I came close for like two bucks or whatever. (laughs)
2: Is there any other cameos?
1: Um, I I know the director had a cameo because I saw his name. Yeah, go by. yeah. Mm. And then, well, Josh Brolin wasn't really. A I mean, he did Thanos. I mean, he was only in there just briefly, but I don't know if that's a cameo exactly. They're setting him up.
0: Which just seems like a weird setup, because I don't think the next Avengers movie has anything to do with Thanos. No. So that's like a, that's a long term setup. Oh, it's Ultron. Right. So, I mean, I guess they're setting him up for Guardians of the Galaxy 2, because that sequel's already been greenlit. That was actually greenlit before the premiere.
2: Well, I mean, there was a thing that says they will return. It'd be really kind of sad if they said that and then didn't come back and do another movie. Oh,
0: so like The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai? So yeah, so if you watch the credits of The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the 8th Dimension, the movie with like Peter
1: Weller and John Lithgow. <laughs> I've seen it, the it or not.
0: Yes, <laughs> at the end it says uh, Buckaroo Banzai will return in some movie, and obviously never it
1: never <laughs> happened. <laughs>
0: <laughs> his
2: movie's too big, though. I have a feeling well, uh, we haven't seen The Last of Star-Lord.
1: No, are they already greenlit the scene. Yeah. Oh, okay. I that, that, that video I watched also had said that there was a cameo by Rob Zombie somewhere. Really? I think this is like a voice on an intercom or something like that. But he just tried oh. to give a lot of cameos to his friends and stuff he said, too. So nobody else of note.
0: I know Nathan Fillion did it because he was friends with Yeah. Jim's gun. Yeah. Not, not because of any other particular reason.
1: It was literally Jim, yeah, as a favor. So, yeah, I guess we can get to it. <laughs> <laughs> that thing which so made I'm, our audience I'm assuming... groan and gasp <laughs> <laughs> our audience <laughs> cheered really? Did I think our, our audience, audience really cheered. know who that
2: was though oh, yeah. you,
1: how
0: could you not
2: okay, the Plus, kids
0: would know anyone over like 25 with access to the internet anyone <laughs> yeah. over 18 with oh, access to the internet and what's funny
2: is I know yeah. the iconic vision of the character but I don't know anything more than that
0: well while the DVD is
1: sitting on the shelf yeah I don't know, know if I want
2: to punish myself
0: howard the duck
1: (laughs) so that was the other thing from that video was that the guy so the guy interviewing james gunn said like oh i heard there's a lot of cameos and i heard howard the duck was in there somewhere but i didn't see him and then james gunn just gives him this like like (laughs) eating grin like you probably weren't looking hard enough which essentially meant like you didn't watch the to the end of the credits I would like to note that
0: the preview versions of Guardians of the Galaxy did not contain the final tag scene of Howard the Duck, and thus the reviewer simply had not seen it because of that, not because he had not done his due diligence. Editor, are you signing off on these things? That's, anyway, back to the podcast.
1: But then he did say later, you can actually see uh, Howard the Duck somewhere during the collector scenes earlier in the movie. And apparently a lot of other things in the oh. background, too, if you look for them. Maybe on the DVD, it's worth pausing and seeing what he actually has back there.
0: Yeah, this will probably be a, a day of release purchase, yeah. I would imagine, for me. That's mm-hmm. how much I like the movie. Whereas, uh, like, I still don't have Thor, too, because I'm cheap. And I'm waiting for that to drop in price, and it hasn't yet.
1: <laughs> but there were audible gasps from a couple of people in our <laughs> audience.
0: I'm pretty sure I went what
1: <laughs> uh, I went what <laughs> just
0: thinking to- just kind of thinking to myself, is probably the closest we'll ever see to another Howard the Duck movie,
1: yeah, it's I mean, it's <laughs> like I immediately thought though they're just trolling everyone, right. That's basically what they're doing. Yes. Like there's no plans ever for anything related to Howard the Duck ever again, right?
2: Like, he really doesn't not. have anything in this universe, but, right? I,
1: part of me
0: wondered, like, if now that Disney owns Marvel and Lucasfilm, so now there's no question of who owns Howard the Duck, can they just throw this in? Yeah, I guess they can. Like if they had tried to do that pre-Disney's acquisition of Lucasfilm, would there have been a potential problem with it? Especially because the version they they show is the version from the Howard the Duck movie. No, it isn't. We We checked. checked. So did you see
2: why he put it in there, or just because they wanted to, if they could?
0: I I assume it was a
1: gag. Yeah, no, I thought they were. I thought it was a great. If there's no intent to actually make anything related to it, and I don't, it, see it's a good it joke. Yeah.
2: And they may have another cameo from Howard the Duck in the next movie. I could see that happening. Which
1: which should be fine, I guess.
2: He would just like sit yeah. in the background, or sit at a bar, or something that they end up walking into. Or... But
1: the implication is that at the end of every movie, then there's some allusion to another movie that's going to happen, and I think that's great to put that in and get everyone worried about it. Is that why you're worried? Yeah, no, exactly, right?
2: (laughs) Well, but they didn't do that at the end of The Avengers. They were all sitting around eating chicken shawarma.
0: But that's because there was a scene in the middle of the credits with Thanos. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. Howard the Duck to feature prominently in Age of Ultron. (laughs) (laughs) To be clear, he
2: doesn't really have any play in this universe, right? Like, as far as in the comics are concerned? Or is he...
0: he... He exists, but he's very rarely seen. Oh. <laughs> He's an alien, not a duck. So right. Oh, okay. And yeah, a, I know
2: nothing. And about apparently,
0: that a it's a the original comic books are a crazy good, but like crazy, like super, like satirical and stuff. Hmm. Okay. They're all. They usually come very. The original Steve uh Gerber run comes very highly recommended, almost universally. oh huh. So yeah, I have not read that. So. So. Anything else? Anyone else want to bring up about Guardians of the Galaxy or life in general? I do have a comment about Drax. The whole movie, I'm thinking to myself, I guess he's trying to kill Ronan the Accuser in this movie. Oh, huh? okay. You know, because the whole Drax origin story is his whole race on Datra is to kill Thanos. And so when they got to the end and he's like, he's the one I was after. He's the guy I was really after. I was like, yes. See, that's mm-hmm. what I meant. Like all the things like they sort of left in the air and stuff like that. I was like, oh, no, no, they discussed it. Like, why do they pick up Star-Lord? Oh, that's why. Why isn't yeah. he going after Thanos like in the comics? Oh, I guess he is. Okay. See? So I was satisfied. Yeah, there's a spot where they call him Star Prince, and I like that because his dad is king.
1: Nice. Although they,
0: you know, they don't mention it in the movie, but if you're familiar with the comics, you know that. And so it's like nice little bit for you.
1: Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention was that there were a lot of times during the movie that I recognized themes or scenes that were very similar to other movies such as Indiana Jones. Like the opening, whole opening thing where he's going in to discover some artifact and then...
0: Well, except I don't remember Indiana Jones picking up rats and using them as microphones.
1: No, no.
2: (laughs) Which I thought was brilliant.
1: But then, you know, the Nazis trying to get a hold of this artifact and it's hugely powerful and then people use it, get destroyed and...
0: You're saying Joseph Campbell
1: would be proud. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or like uh, certain Star Wars things, like the scene at the end where they're all there and being recognized officially by the what was that race you were talking about? Xandar. Yeah, Zand- the Xandarians. Yeah. Uh,
0: the Glenclosians.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the the other thing that reminded me of Indiana Jones was the um, was it Rocket? Who was the or was it Drax who ended up shooting um, that? Uh, uh... Nebula. Yes. Yeah, yes. The lady. Oh, yeah. Drax. Yeah, where you're just expecting this epic battle and he just shoots her. (laughs) Although she does end up living and having the battle anyway.
2: Although I did sit there and go, is that seriously going to be Karen Gillan's fight scene? Like, that's all (laughs) she's going to get? That'd be really sad.
0: (laughs) Tenor contract, no fighting. Yeah. I will play in an action movie, but I cannot fight. Another lead balloon, jeez. (laughs) Swing and a miss. Uh, Was it a joke? It was supposed to be although i
2: do think Sorry. we made mention previously about the avatar that the oh girl is... no
0: we did not talk about that in this we talked okay. about that with ross afterwards about so how zoe saldana is slowly making her way through every color of skin oh <laughs> was she in avatar she's the main blue person in avatar oh the
1: really main
0: blue girl <laughs> and so now she's green i assume in her next sci-fi movie she'll be red well she does
2: wear a red <laughs> shirt in star trek
0: that may be the best we can hope for. <laughs> Unless there's a, a makeup accident gone wrong in Star Trek 13,
1: The Search for Kirk. Can you think of a what's a movie she's been in that hasn't been a space movie? Uh, guess Who? Oh, she was in that? Okay, I haven't seen that. With Ashton Kutcher? I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, <Yep>. yeah.
0: <laughs> Thankfully, I do not. This was just a minor one for me, but uh, The Names of the Zandarians. Oh yeah, no, the, yeah. they did the the callback. The uh, yep. Yeah, the fact that John C. Riley's last name was Day. Well I think he's actually Roman Day. Oh is he Roman Day? Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. I, I thought that's what they called him. And then Glenn Close referred to him as a different title, but I think that was his rank. Oh okay. Which means of course that John C. Riley's going to die at some point. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he passes family. on the Nova he passes on the Nova Force to Richard Rider, and be, who becomes the man called Nova, the Human Rocket. I think that's all the Nova's tags. Yeah, but I feel like <laughs> at this point, there might be some brand confusion between Nova, the Human Rocket, and Rocket. You mean Rocket Raccoon? In the comics, he's Rocket Raccoon, but in this one, he's actually, most of the time, just Rocket. Yeah, my fr- my friend kept making Star Fox jokes because he thought he was supposed to be a fox. <laughs> Seriously?
2: Yeah. Oh.
0: And it wasn't until later. He was like, Oh, I guess he's a raccoon. Okay. <laughs> that I... makes all my Star Fox jokes not make sense. Although oh. I did like
2: the when he said that he, when he called him a raccoon, and he's like, What's a raccoon?
0: So, yeah, good movie. Would see again. Yes, definitely. Would see again. Me as well. Yep. I have, a, I have just a couple more things. Yep. Go for it. Um in the you just, just got a list. <laughs> yeah, in the keeping true to comics things, uh Rocket Raccoon with the cybernetic skeleton. I, sure. I want to say that they tweaked the name of the race that gamora was because in the comics she's what, Zen Huberian? I have not really no idea. I don't remember at all. And I think in I didn't quite catch what it was, but I didn't see a hyphen in there and I didn't see an N, I don't think. It was something slightly different, but yeah, for myself, very good movie. <laughs> Therefore, this movie was terrible. <laughs> would not see again. That's kind of the opposite of what I'm saying. So I, know, it was I, and, uh, I know, but an excellent movie, and I know, but I'm being the internet right there. I, I would recommend <laughs> it to anyone, even those completely unfamiliar with the source material. What about those who only enjoy driving Miss Daisy style movies? I haven't seen that movie in decades, so I don't really know what it's about. <laughs> it's, about a, it's about a chauffeur who drives a racist woman around and shows her how to love.
2: Wait, or isn't something. that
0: this movie? Yeah, I guess Drax was kind of racist. Mm-hmm. And so is Ronan. Wait, so who's He's Miss Daisy? He's you know, anti-Zandarian. Glenn uh, I assume Glenn Close, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Glenn Close is ridiculous hair.
1: So this is driving. like driving Miss Daisy, except that the two main characters that you're talking about, or the, the analogs, don't even have one scene together. Or they have one scene no 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 scenes okay no scenes <laughs> isn't that how all
0: great filmmaking successfully disguises their influences so i thought you know? the Way it worked yeah i mean like you wouldn't realize from just watching that the hangover is a remake of citizen kane <laughs> but all the pieces are there he was on the roof the whole
1: time <laughs> what a twist ending
0: yeah and ken Jones, uh the publicist
1: I haven't seen Citizen King in years. <laughs>
0: and I found it very boring when I did watch it. Yeah, it is kind of. Guardians of the Galaxy, better than Citizen Kane.
1: <laughs> you heard <laughs> it here. <laughs> so, for the Gobeski-Wallace Report, my name is Charlie Wallace.
0: I'm Adam Gobeski.
1: And our guests are... Doug Gobeski.
0: And Brianne Gobeski.
1: We'll see you next time for the
0: 50th show.
1: Oh, well, that, that one will be the 50th?
0: We'll make it work somehow.
1: All right. Next. Sounds good.
0: <laughs> see you guys later.
1: sure to check out our website once again at www.gobeskiwallisreport.com you can also check out our facebook page the Gobesky Wallace report oh right and we're also now we're on twitter and you can follow us at gw report so see you then later
0: So we can't wow. turn the air back on because then it'll cap pick up on the thing. Oh, band. that's
2: why it's hot in here?
0: No, just We've difficult. got
2: a raging thunderstorm outside, increasing the heat. There's a raging
0: thunderstorm outside? I thought it was just in my pants. Woo! <laughs> Getting back to the poop jokes. That's <laughs> not what I meant, but okay. <laughs>